0: Good morning. It's April 5th, and welcome to Doing Life, daily devotions for finding peace in stressful times. This is the audible companion to the book of the same name. Our topic this morning, My Will or His? For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised, Hebrews ten thirty There is a perception among many Christians that when we feel confident that our actions are consistent with the will of God, if we have listened and prayed, if we feel in our hearts that the Holy Spirit is, in fact, leading us in a certain direction, then the end result will be a great success. Often, in what appear to be the vicissitudes of life, however, this turns out not to be the case at all. That can lead to disillusionment and even doubt. What is it about our relationship with Christ that makes us think we are striking a deal when we pray for guidance, that somehow the earthly outcome we desire must be exactly what he has in mind as well. What if the direction we are led by the Spirit reveals a totally different outcome than the one we were hoping for? We may see the steps we take as a process whereby we reach the goal we have in mind. But what if the goal God has in mind is the process? It is awfully easy for us to forget that we are dependent on God, not equal partners with the Trinity. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts, Isaiah 55, 8. Yes, when we accept Christ, he lives in us and we in him. We are righteous before God because we put on his righteousness, not because somehow we have achieved it ourselves through our own strength. But even when we have properly perceived the direction the Lord would have us take, it doesn't mean the short-term result will always be what we expected or certainly what we wanted. Remember, there is no reward for obedience to his will. You are not earning favor by doing the right things, for that is seeking salvation under the law of Moses, not the law of grace. There's an old joke that is one of my favorites that derives from the Westminster Catechism. What is the chief end of man? Answer, to glorify God. And how do we glorify God? By doing his will. So, all men seek to serve God, but it turns out most of us wish to serve primarily in an advisory capacity. What is the proper perspective on God's will for me? The answer is simple. The execution is not. The answer is that God's will for me is total dependence on him. That's what Paul means whenever he speaks of dying to ourselves and living to Christ. Do you remember when Christ rebuked Peter with the seemingly incredibly harsh get-behind-me-Satan? Jesus had just explained yet again to the disciples that God's will for him was to be tortured and killed at the hands of the chief priests, but then he would rise again on the third day. Peter was appalled that this could be the will of God, Mark eight thirty one. Shortly thereafter, at the Last Supper, Christ tells Peter that he will deny him three times before the rooster crows. Once again, Peter contradicts his Lord and tells him even if he has to die with him, he would never disown him, Matthew 26, 34. Here is Peter, the rock on which Christ will build his church, but even he thinks he knows the will of God better than God does. So there are two potential sources of error here. First, we misperceive the will of God. Second, we perceive it correctly, but are then shocked when the outcome is not what we had planned. In either case, there is a reason that Jesus sets the example in the garden when he prays for what he would prefer, but ends with, not my will, Father, but yours. Whether we have inadvertently negotiated an outcome we desired in exchange for following the will of God, or we have mistaken our own will for his, our orientation of heart must always be the same, total dependence on the Lord. Charles Spurgeon liked to put it this way, If we can stay calm, faithful, and clear-headed in the midst of life's rough patches, then the goal of God's purpose is being accomplished in us. We glorify God in the process, not in the outcome. What the world sees and envies is the manner in which the Christian handles the adversities in life, not the whether he succeeds in a worldly sense. What people think of as preparation, God may well see as the goal itself. Obedience to God should have nothing to do with an earthly goal for us. Obedience to God is exactly what Christ told us it is, the way we show our love for him. John fourteen fifteen. Christ is your Lord and Savior right now, right this very minute. Jesus is concerned with the now. Loving God, loving our neighbor is the moment-by-moment obedience that we need to pay attention to. We should have no concern for the immediate outcome of our obedience in worldly terms. It's not about whether we get the job, get the girl or guy, receive the healing, or our loved one receives whatever they may need. It's about the relationship. It's about loving in obedience every moment of every day. Let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. I believe it was your Lord who told you that. Father, we do love you but we fall into the trap all too often of thinking that when things work out the way we want, it was your will, and when they don't, it wasn't. Remind us, Lord, to depend on you and stop worrying about tomorrow's outcome. Success in a worldly sense may not be your purpose for us. Your purpose may be totally in how others see us handle the lack of it. Amen.